This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Indeed, we have, uh, you know, entered that final stretch of the Power Talk uh, today on this Thursday morning. We turn our focus on something that can be, uh, that has been very topical, rather, on uh, a number of occasions, particularly even if we look at the Zondo Commission, if we look at uh, other, uh, you know, allegations, where there might just be a sense that auditors did not uh, keep their vigilance as they ought to have. Uh, Today, I'm going to be joined by the CEO of the Institute of Internal Auditors of South Africa, Julius Mujapilo. It is Internal Auditors Month ending next week, so let's just have a chat and see what is in the world of internal auditing these days. Julius, good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, and good morning to your listeners as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for making the time. Perhaps let us just paint a brief picture. When we say internal auditors, what do we mean and how do they differ to external auditors? No, thank you for that. And the, the, the biggest thing is really in our mission. I think as internal auditors, our mission is to enhance and protect organizational value. Mm. And one of the confusion that happens between internal and external audit is that external audit is very focused on a certain output of the organization, which is financial statements. Mm. Whereas the internal auditors are there to enhance and protect the value of the organization, which means our work is against the strategy and not against one output document like financial statements mm. by providing a risk-based and objective assurance. So we give assurance. So some there will be overlaps between yes. the work we do and the one that external auditors do, but we focus on a much broader scope. And we also give not only assurance, but also advice and insights. So we are able to say give management some heads up around what can go wrong in future, but also insights around other parts of the business they might have not thought of. So that is really encapsulated in our mission as internal auditor. And in some instances, or in all instances, you are also involved in preparing for an external audit, is it not so? so? Yes, we would be involved as part of the combined assurance team because all assurance providers must work together. So we do not duplicate costs for the organization. So we will definitely be involved in the work of external auditors as well. And external auditors are encouraged to rely on internal auditors' work. For example, internal auditors would describe how the business processes work. And there is no need for external audit to come in and again go to management and trying to get an understanding of how business processes work when they've already been documented by internal audit. Now, uh, Julius, you are aware of some high-profile uh, cases, whether you are talking Steinhoff, whether you are talking what is before the Zondo Commission today in terms of the functioning of uh, you know, some, some accountability problems that were there. And much of it that has come under siege is indeed external auditors. But one would be interested to ask and say, but where were internal auditors in some of these instances? Yeah, and we are very happy that that question is starting to be asked because it was really an anomaly that you are in a situation where there's internal auditors throughout the year in an organization, but the question is only posed to the external auditors Mm. that come for a very short time in the financial year of the organization. So I think the, the 
good thing about that is that we are starting to focus on professionalizing internal audit. We are saying organizations have had internal auditors, but were they internal auditors as defined in terms of the standards? Mm. Was their internal audit work done according to the standards of internal audit? Or was it individuals calling themselves internal auditors, but without really an understanding of of how internal audit is being done? And were they properly certified to do internal audit? Maybe that's why we have not been getting the value out of the internal audit function that we have, because it was not being done according to the standard by certified people, and there's no quality assurance being performed on that internal audit function. External auditors, there is the independent regulatory board for auditors that oversees their activities every now and then, Mm. and hence we can rely on the quality of the work that they deliver. But the internal audit functions many organizations have do not even have a quality assurance and improvement program. No Mm. one is overseeing them and reviewing and giving the audit committee and the board assurance that they've got the right people in their internal audit function. It is performing its work according to the standards and also that we can give them assurance that this is the right work that is being done. So there's a lot of work in us helping the organization improve the effectiveness of their internal audit function. And what would that professionalization look like, uh, Julius, going forward? I think that the first one is to adopt the standards. I think being able to say every organization must be able to perform its functions according to the standards. Currently, we only have the public sector where they've said, let's prescribe internal audit functions in the organization. Mm. But also, we also have municipalities that have not adopted the circulars that require them to comply with the standards for internal audit. And that's something that will take us very far in improving the effectiveness of internal audit functions. But it also helps us as the Institute of Internal Auditors in South Africa to help the organization where the internal audit is not delivering according to plan. They can come to us and say, we've got the right people here. They are qualified. They are not performing according to the standards. How can you intervene? And that's where we can come in. But if you have an internal auditor, that's not our member. That's not doing things according to the standards. Our hands are tied because they are not within the scope of the oversight of the institute. And as an institute, are you able to hold internal auditors accountable if they don't, you know, adhere to some protocols that they ought to in doing their work? Or this is exactly why you are calling for professionalization and adoption of standards? No, we, we are. We have processes already, but our processes currently are only within the scope of those organizations whose internal audit functions are part of the institute. We have processes for people to be certified before they become internal auditors. We have continuous monitoring of their compliance with the standards. We have a quality assurance program. We come in and we review the internal audit function yeah. of the organization and give them a report on whether they conform with the standards or not. And if all fails... We take them through the disciplinary process. Now let's come back and deal with some issues that are there in uh, governance uh, structures, such as local government, for example, where you'd find that there there is meant to be an internal auditor within the you know the the broad CFO's office. But uh, we keep seeing all these you know uh, misstatements in some instances and uh, not the right thing being done in terms of you know adhering to regulations uh, of contracting work in procurement and so on. Um, where, where do you think uh, the problem lies if there are internal auditors and as you said earlier on, you are there to enhance the value of the organization. Are they not included enough in the ecosystem of say a municipality for a municipality to not even be able to prepare the right type of statements for the Auditor General? Yeah, I think at this point my 
the sense is that we have internal audits from a compliance perspective in certain instances mm. where you have heads of internal audits that might not be properly certified. They are not uh, working according to the standards. And that is what we are there to, to support. And those organizations that are running this internal audit functions properly need to be connected to each other so that they can improve this processes. And because there isn't a specification around who can head an internal audit function currently, so there isn't a prescript that says for you to be a head of an internal audit function, you need to mm. be this kind of a person with this qualification. Some of the municipalities, somebody does an internship in internal audit, and when they finish, they immediately become the head of internal audit. Of internal audit. If you think about the work that lies on the head of the internal audit, yes. there is no way that somebody that junior can do it. They have to face the accounting office of the municipality mm. and be able to tell them when things are going wrong. And therefore, you need people with the right seniority, the right qualification, the right experience to head internal audit. And the professionalization agenda will help us get there. Because if we can get the right leadership in internal audit that is not afraid to tell the powers that be what's going wrong, that's not afraid to say what will happen to me, if I say this to the powers that be, only then will we start getting the true value of internal audit. If you have an internal auditor that is not really at the right level of courage, the value of internal audit will not be uh, experienced by the organization. I mean, uh, what does that type of career pipe pipeline look like, uh, Julius, ideally? In some professions, it's quite clear this is what has to happen. This is the kind of training you have to go through, write certain exams, be inducted into uh, the profession at various stages, and then now you are prepared to probably take up role as one or the other, uh, you know, uh, responsibility. So at an internal auditing uh, uh, role, what does that look like in terms of, say, you are pipelining this person to become head of internal audit. Yes. So when you, when you get in as an internal audit in an organization, we have learnerships as the institute. Mm. You are able to come in, you become an internal audit technician, which means you've uh, understood the core concepts of internal audit and all members of internal audit functions are encouraged to go through the internal audit technician qualification designation mm. and be able to know the key principles of internal audit. But as you develop and you're starting to become senior, we have an NQF level 8 qualification, which is the professional internal auditor. Mm. Now that is the high level, proficient level of internal audit. Once a person is at that level, we know that they are senior enough, they report the right experience, they did an article. So similar to external auditors, we actually have articles. It is our learnerships in internal audit. And we also have a globalization qualification called Certified Internal Auditor mm. that is offered by our IAE Global so that if members want to also operate in other countries, they can also be able to prove that at a global level, they are certified as internal auditors. Okay, now uh, I'm in conversation with Julius Mujabilo, CEO at the Institute of Internal Auditors of South Africa. The line is 0861-987-000. If you have a question to ask him, we are, of course, at, at the tail end of the Internal Auditors Month, uh, this uh, e e May 2021. Uh, Julius, another issue is then now, how do you regain any lost credibility? as auditors in society because as time and as, as the narrative grows as developments happen it has the tendency to possibly paint everyone with the same brush yes yeah no i think we must all admit in the assurance space that we have lost some credibility with the scandals that have come out and we must take responsibility for that because we are one of those professions that are very much self-regulating which means 
we understand our own work and sometimes only we do in the organization. Mm. So I think it really rests upon auditors to be more communicative around what it is and what it is not that we offer in the auditing space, both from an external audit and internal audit point of view, Mm. but also make an effort from our point of view to meet the market needs. It's one thing to say to the market, this is what we do, this is what not we, what we are not, but what does the market expect from assurance providers? And hence, as internal auditors, we're saying we need to become that uh, voice of reason from an entire governance point of view, from a board, from a risk management, from a control. As internal auditors, we've been giving objective assurance. But we need to start improving on our side on giving advice and insights to management so that our advice is not just after the fact. We are able to come through before the fact and help management see things that can go wrong and not come after the war and have them count dead mm. bodies. Then it's not really helping the organization. So we are starting to talk in the profession around proactive assurance. How can we proactively give assurance, but also continuous assurance? How can we continuously give assurance? Some of the organizations have already embedded artificial, artificial intelligence yeah. in their processes. They are able to give you error messages as you are working. Because if in a bank you've given somebody the the wrong amount, you've overexposed the client, Mm. us telling you three months later that you've overexposed the client is not going to help. We want to get to a point as internal auditors where we are proactive and continuous. I mean, I I like this idea of proactive assurance, but I'm just wondering, what is the moral responsibility of an auditor when confronted with resistance from within the organization where, you know, you are trying to do the right thing for the organization because you are not just there for the numbers, as you said, uh, but there's resistance and in in local government, I've, I've, I've heard of these stories where people say, no, there's pushback. We are being told not to do this. In, in fact, at one point in one municipality, an internal auditor was even threatened uh, if they don't stop asking the questions that they were asking that something might happen to them. Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you then deal with that pushback and resistance from a moral standpoint as an internal auditor, not an external auditor, as an internal auditor who is embedded in the institution, but the institution is just so resistant to the type of proactive assurance that you want to achieve? No, and then really you've hit the nail on the head. It's really one of those things I've always said. To be an internal auditor, you need to be a very special person Mm. because you are meant to be in the organization and tell people what they do not like to hear when you're actually part of the family. It's easier maybe as an external auditor, you come in and you drop the bomb and you leave. But as an internal auditor, you drop the bomb, you are part of the building that's going to blow up. So that's, it, really, it, it requires a very special individual and hence that part about seniority that we need to talk about and qualifications that when heads of internal audit need to be people of the right caliber, mm. of the right standing in the organization. But we've also understood that even if you are there, there will still be challenges. There will still be uh, governing body members and management that do not like what internal auditors have done. So we've partnered with other professional bodies in an anti-intimidation and ethical practices mm. forum where we've said, as a member, if you feel intimidated or you feel threatened or you feel like you have uh, you are uh, experiencing unethical behavior within the organization, report it to us. Mm. We are protected disclosure. So you can tell us what you do. We will be able to give you advice on how to act in that situation so that you do not get yourself into trouble. Yeah. Because sometimes we have good intentions, but we act so rashly and so quickly, and we end up getting ourselves more into trouble 
in trying to prove that we are the ones that are doing things right. So there is an element of needing to be very careful as an internal auditor, but also being courageous in that you do not leave things hanging for the sake of peace. Absolutely. Let me go to 0861-987-000. Phil, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Lukona, and good morning to you, Leonard Geste. You know the fundamentals of auditing. we we need to be sure that auditing gets integra- uh, integrated into the risk management or the vice versa, mm. so that auditing should be a proactive, not a reactive exercise. Uh, we should be helping line managers to 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 identify uh, risk yeah. and be, be have risk 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 appetite. And, in, and identify those things that will make managers to achieve the set goals of the organization. It's not, there's not their work to be to, to police, but they become part of the 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 the, the, the competitive competitive edge mm. of an organization that wants to have a clean a clean audit by assisting land managers to put internal control measures. And be able to identify risk and take the following four risk, uh, risk management: whether you tolerate, whether you terminate, whether you 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 you, you treat, whether you transfer the risk. So there must be risk, 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 risk averse, and 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 be able to assist organizations rather than wait and 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 and, and wait after, and then deal with with with. So then it becomes a consequence. It doesn't become a. a, a, a Competitive age. Competitive Okay, thank you very much, Phil. Joining us on 0861-987-000. That's where you can also join us in this conversation with the CEO of the Institute of Internal Auditors of South Africa, Julius Mujapilo. I'm going to take a quick ad break and come back and finish off this conversation. Power Talk with Lukona Mbini. Call Lukona on 0861-987-000. And do tweet me at Lukona Mbini, hashtag Power Talk, uh, if you are on the Twitter streets. Uh, Julius, uh, I, I liked, you know, uh, what Phil was saying earlier, talking about the competitive edge uh, and, 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 and auditing really being seen as such. Uh, but we also have, you know, people raising questions that, okay, yes, you get the audit outcomes that you are looking for, but we don't necessarily see the service of the organization being what we expect it to be. Yes, yeah, and and that's where internal audit comes in, and our focus is really on the strategy and not on just uh, pieces of outcomes from yeah. the organization's operations. And I like what Phil said around the risk-based internal audit. Mm. Internal audit must not start its own work without risk having been done properly within the organization. Mm. Otherwise, we'll be auditing for the sake of auditing with standard audit programs. Now, in the organizations need to start formalizing their risk management processes, and there are organizations that are responsible for that. Management needs to have a proper risk, manage, risk management framework that will be able to say to internal audit, we need assurance that we are addressing the risks to the strategy accordingly. And that's where internal, internal audit comes in and there isn't a proper risk management framework and environment within the organization. The benefits of internal audit will not be truly realized. Mm. And that's, that's critical that they formalize risk management. The challenge with organi- some organizations is that they think internal audit can do risk management for them. Internal audit does risk assessment for the purpose of coming up with an assurance plan. 
but they are not the risk managers within the organization. It is the CEO, it is the CFO and yeah. management committee that must be responsible for managing risk within the organization. And internal audit will give them assurance on whether they are managing that risk adequately. Let me go to Pumlan in report. Good morning. Gentlemen, how's it? Very well, how are you? Great, thanks. You've got the CEO, CFO, COO, the board, internal auditors, external auditors, but still money goes missing. What I'm trying to understand now is how, how do you explain that? In most parastatals, we had all these checks, balances. We've got the king three um, uh, principles of um, corporate governance in place, but still money goes missing. Please help me understand, how does that happen? Mm. To, to get money out of a company, you need a lot of signatures. You need a lot of signatures. Mm. You need a lot of people wearing different hats, playing different roles. So please help me understand, how does that happen? How okay. does money get, get out yeah, okay. of the company? Mlani, thank you very much. I like, I like that point, uh, Julius. Just make us understand this huge chain of command. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with some contracts even needing board approval if they are beyond yeah. a particular threshold, but mm. still money goes missing. And very critical question. And I think that's what I wanted to say at the beginning. To say, as assurance providers, we can say to the market, this is what we do, that is what we don't do. Mm. But are we meeting the market expectation of an assurance provider? Mm. So if you look at this ecosystem that was just mentioned now, you mentioned the internal audit and external audit. So internal audit has got standards and certifications that they have to live by, and we are there to do oversight on internal auditors. We're not yet where we should be because there are challenges. So hence, you will have ineffective internal audit units. That's okay. But that, that's not the biggest problem. You've mm. got external audit. External audit is over-regulated already. The IRBA does reviews on them. They've got standards that they need to comply with. The challenge we have in the market currently is that there are two role players in this ecosystem that are not formally overseen, yes. which is management and the board. Not all board members are members of the Institute of, of Directors in South Africa. Yes. You've got audit committee members that are not professionalized. They actually don't even understand assurance, but mm. they are sitting on audit committees. Mm. Now, and then you've got management who are signing off, like you're saying, on those contracts. They are signing off billions on contracts. They don't belong to any professional bodies. They are not, even if they did something wrong, they just moved from one organization to the next. Mm. Now, those two parties, we have a gap in, in, in oversight in that we have not professionalized the management of funds and we've not over-professionalized the boards and the governing bodies and the audit committee members. Mm. The work we need to do now that we are advocating for is that committees like the audit committee must have professionals sitting on them yeah. and they must belong to certain professional bodies so that if somebody does something wrong, they can be reported and they are removed from being a practicing internal audit committee member at all. They don't get moved from one audit committee to the other because they didn't work, do well on the previous audit committee. Absolutely. So those are the two elements of the ecosystem that are actually, for me, I feel like they're the weak links of the chain. I but l- internal I- audit and external audit need to be looked at. Yeah. We are not where we are, but the bigger challenge is the two other role players that are not don't have oversight. On N- not enough oversight. Let's go to Siabonga. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, and, and morning to the speaker. Uh, my question is around the NQF. Um, I was once uh, attempted to register for IA. In fact, I paid for everything in, in terms of uh, being a society member. But when it comes to payment from my employer's uh, <coughs> from my employer side, mm. then they refuse to pay because IA is not a NQF. So I want to 
to know how far uh, you guys in terms of make sure that you are registered in N2F and why we are not registered as yet if you are still not registered. Okay. Thank you very much, Siabonga. Uh, Julius? No, that's a quick one. We are already registered with FACWA. We've got NQF levels on our qualifications. Our internal audit technician is National Qualifying Framework Level 7. Our professional internal auditor is Level 8. And our certified internal auditor, which is a global certification, is NQF Level 7. And they are all under, they've got requirements underlying them. You have to do learnerships, you have to have work experience, and it's all recognized by the qualifications authority in South Africa. Okay, thank you very much on that. Uh, Julius, perhaps just as a word of uh, inspiration, if there's a young person thinking of taking the internal auditor route, at what stage in their you know, academic life can they start uh, associating with that route or branching out and specializing? Is it at a, at a first degree level or it is much later than that? No, at the first degree level, we have the multiple channels of entry into the profession. The preferred one is at a degree level. When you are starting, there are qualifications at higher education that are specializing in internal audit. We are doing a lot of work to also ensure that they are meeting the needs of the market. But also for those aspiring professionals that have been in other fields and want to come through to internal yes. audit, we've got pathways to get you back into internal audit. Because as an internal auditor, you are internal auditing something. So maybe I'm an engineer and I want to become an internal auditor so that I can focus as an internal auditor on engineering. We welcome those qualifications. You will come in, we'll give you a route so that you can qualify and become an internal auditor in your field of specialization. So those are the two elements. So the biggest one, we encourage them to take it from the beginning so that they are embedded in the core principles and knowledge of internal audit. But if you're already a professional and you want to move on into this interesting space of internal audit, Mm. we will also find a pathway to get you into the system. That's very enlightening because we just think, you know, it's for those who have done numbers, numbers uh, previously who can be part of the internal auditing family. Yes, yes. No. no, 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 it's not like that. It's not like that. Julius, let me thank you very much for making time for us this morning here on Power Talk. No, thank you for hosting us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. CEO Institute of Internal Auditors of South Africa, Julius Mujapelo. There, you know, interesting conversation part of uh, Internal Auditors Month, but uh, really illuminating conversation about some of the things that they are thinking about, you know, uh, making sure that the qualifications are accredited, but also bringing some insights. How do we ensure oversight over boards, for example, and how do we ensure that all boards have the right type of audit and risk committees? Because, hey, sometimes you hear people saying, I am chairing the audit and risk committee, but hey, this one, I don't know if they know what they are doing there. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.